What is up? What is going on, everybody? We are back. It is the OG show. It is the OG host. It is the three of us doing the thing that we started doing together years ago. We know you've been waiting to hear this song again. So here it is, and we'll be right with you as soon as it's done. Welcome in, everyone. Welcome back. We have been back doing the podcast thing together here for a couple months, but we are officially back to the original show. This is, of course, I'm Right, the show that Brad and I started in uh, his basement bathroom all those years ago. And here we are, uh, thanks to technology, all sitting in whatever chairs we want to sit in, in the comfort of our own homes. Still able to do it together. As far as I know, I'm not in a bathroom. Are either of you guys in a bathroom? Gentlemen, welcome back to Of Course I'm Right. Psyched to be back on this. And to answer your question, <laughs> uh, just completely clearly, no, I am not in a bathroom. I uh, was talking and didn't realize I had muted my microphone. Oh, um, good. So I was saying, like you said, I, I, like something like I don't think I'm in a bathroom or, or or something. Is it questionable where you're at? Oh no no no! I'm not. I'm good. I am sitting on my couch in my living room, ready to do. Of course, I'm right. Once again, I told these guys. So uh, hopefully, you've been listening to the threequel. Um, and if you haven't, check that out on Thursdays. We talk a different movie every week, but uh, we're going to record that. And I told these guys, hey, like I've got an itch, and only the two of you can scratch it, and it is to get back into doing, of course I'm right, the, the way we always used to. Now, if you were a fan of that show, you know that we, we cover everything. We do a whole host of different topics. Um, as far as I can tell for right now, we're going to be doing the Mount Rushmores again. That's what we're doing on tonight's episode. If you checked out the synopsis, uh, we are doing our Mount Rushmore of songs that were written specifically for movies. We'll get into that in a little bit, but we'll be doing the Mount Rushmores. We'll be doing probably some fantasy drafts. We'll be talking about different sports. We'll talk movies, of course, on the show in a, in a wider range than we do on the threequel. We'll talk pop culture. We'll do all that the way that we used to. And also, if you have been listening to the threequel, just so you know, be prepared uh, for on this show. I will not be editing out the name of Michael Jackson. It's too much freaking work. I do it all the time on the threequel. I'm not editing it out on this show. This show is just about being free, being open. You can say whatever you damn well please, gentlemen, because I'm not editing out any of it, just so you guys know. Well, clearly, a as dangerous our, precedent. And as our listeners now know, uh, you know, you just said the most offensive thing that could be said. So this is clearly not for uh, your children. This is, this no. is uh, definitely something to be aware of. Uh, you may have to earmuff frequently without warning. That is true. Yeah, that is true. Be and that's scary to think that you're not going to edit anything out too. So, um, uh, it, yeah. It, here, okay, I'll put it this way: if it if it is if it is possible for me to just pull a section out, I can do that. I'm always willing to pull out, but if I have to put in a new sound, that that is something that just takes a little more time. What if I just randomly say "shitcock balls"? Um, <laughs> See, I well, could in that instance, I could pull out, but will I? That's going to be the, we'll, we'll see how that goes moving forward. 
Um, but no, it is great to be back doing, of course, I'm right with you guys. Uh, so like, let's get into it. Like I said, we're doing a Mount Rushmore, and this week we are doing the Mount Rushmore of songs written specifically for movies. It was just a thought that popped in my head, and uh, this is what we decided to go with for Of Course I'm Right 2.0. So, are you gentlemen ready to get into this? I, I am, and I just want to point out, Ethan, how much control you have over Mike and I's life. Uh, a couple years ago, you sit me down in a room and you say, of course, I'm right's done, and we walk away. Last week, you say, hey, guys, of course, I'm right's back, and without even questioning it, we follow your lead, your your trusted leadership in the podcast world, um, because you said to us, this is what the world needs right now, is, it is. us three proving to people that, of course, we're right, so glad to be back. Glad to be here with you, and I'm glad we're not sitting in my bathroom. Same. Absolutely the same. So, uh, this way we're going to do this. Before we had uh, six honorable mentions, then we got into the Mount Rushmore. We're going to cut it down a little bit for, of course, I'm right, 2.0. We're going to have four honorable mentions and our Mount Rushmore. The way we're going to do this is we will go around uh, the proverbial table. Obviously, we're not sitting around a table as we once were in Mike's basement, uh, but we will reveal our number eight and seven on our list. Each one of us do that. Then we'll reveal our six and five, and then we will individually reveal the Mount Rushmore, giving the top four the time, honor, and respect they deserve. If one of us has something uh, in common on each other's list, but we have it, uh, I'll say a bracket higher. So if Brad's number eight is my number five, something like that, I'll say punt, five or six. Or if Brad's number four is my number two, I'll say punt. We'll save the conversation for who has it higher. So without further ado, I'm going to say, Mike, why don't you start us off with your eight and seven for songs written specifically for film? All right. So I, I will say right up front, right, I am I am probably a, a good mix of the two of you. I'm certainly not the music buff that Brad is and certainly not the film buff that you are, but I have a, a little bit of both. Uh, I think I managed to go through these well enough to verify that all of these were, in fact, written for films as opposed to just well-known for films. But we'll see here. The first one that I'm going to offer up to you guys is one that I'm not particularly fond of, but that was such a huge hit that I felt like it at least needed an honorable mention. And as I was looking at it, I didn't think that it was likely that either of you would have it on your list. We'll see. Uh, and that is uh, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. <laughs> so I didn't think so. I didn't think so. But Titanic, a, a huge movie in its own right. This was a number one song for a good long while. Uh, and that's all I really need to say about it, unless either of you would join in. But I, I threw it in there as my number eight just to give it a shout out. Um, and then my number seven, uh, maybe a better chance that one of you has it, although I, I don't know, uh, Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. All right, there you go. So a couple of, of songs that go pretty iconically with movies in my mind, not huge favorites of mine, but I wanted to give them a shout out. My Heart Will Go On did make it. I have a list of about 20 songs that I started with. I wrote it down. Uh, and that, that was as far as it was ever going to get for me. And, uh, Eye of the Tigers just never really done it for me, but those are both certainly iconic. So Brad, do you have anything to add? 
I I, uh, I look. I took a long, hard look at Eye of the Tiger for uh, one of my honorable mentions. But um, yeah, it's just one of those that I don't necessarily when when I hear it, I don't. It doesn't always take me back to Rocky. Um, and for me, when when I hear this song or one of the songs that I mentioned, I want to think of the movie that it came from. And, and that just doesn't do it for me. I, I hear that as more of a more standalone song um, when I hear I have the tiger. So that's why I left it off. Brad, what are your eight and seven? So my eight and seven, um, my eight is a lot like Mike's. The song is too iconic to leave it off. One of you might have it on there. So I'll, I'll, I'll say the title. And that is uh, from the 1992 film, The Bodyguard, uh, Whitney Houston, and I Will Always Love You. Either I did, of you I did not. That? And the reason that it didn't make it as my number eight and my heart will go on did is that I believe it's a cover of somebody else's song. And so I didn't know where that would fit in there. But ha- but yes, it was right there for me on that eight, nine range. Yeah, and it is a cover of a Dolly Parton song. Um However, I, I, I actually watched a story about this song being made, and it is such a different uh, take on the song. Um, and they changed it up in so many ways that I think in a lot of ways it's not simply a cover. It is, it, I mean, it just took the original and destroyed it. Um, so I, I'm okay with it. I think it was this rendition of this song this version of it was written for this movie um and it was such a hit for such a long time um that that i i thought i had to add it on here so that was my number eight uh my number seven um is more of just a shout out to the artist the song is amazing too i can't say the same for the movie and that's 1984's purple rain and this song is purple rain by prince um that is uh yeah, iconic artist and song. Um, so I wanted to make sure I got that on there for my number seven. Well, it that comes in at my number six. Uh, so uh, rather than just punt, I'll, I'll say it was in my honorable mentions for all the same reasons that you just uh, stated, Brad. Uh, yeah, Purple Rain was on my side list as well. Um, and I already have a song on my list that's kind of got a cover not cover kind of thing to it so that was why um the whitney houston song uh didn't get in there because i was already going to go down there with one song so uh my number eight is from mr kenny loggins who ended up having quite a career writing songs for films uh this one in particular is from top gun is danger zone uh is my number eight kind of like brad said when I, when I thought about these, I wanted to be able to just like be transported right to the movie, the part of the movie. And what a great song to open. One of my favorite films of all time uh, in Top Gun. So that was my number eight. And then my number seven, um, I got half an eye roll, I think, from Brad when I said Danger Zone. I wasn't sure. We used to say like over under on eye rolls. This one, I'll probably get a full one, which is fine. Uh, of course, I have to have a song from the greatest showman on this list comes in at number seven for me. I went with from now on, which I think is uh, the best piece of storytelling in a song that comes out of that movie and probably the, the best uh, dance number in, in the film itself. So my number eight danger zone, my number seven from now on. 
All right. Well, background to me, as I mentioned, my number six is uh, Purple Rain by Prince. And then number five, kind of uh, right on the outside looking in, um, but definitely takes me right to that movie, which is why it made it here, uh, was Men in Black by Will Smith. Okay. Okay. We, uh, All right, we follow. Hated oh, on go a ahead. Will Smith film. Sorry, we hated on a Will Smith film on the threequel, so it's good that we're starting out. Of course, I'm right 2.0 by loving on Will Smith a little bit. Well, you know, it can't make the Mount Rushmore because it's not one that I'm going to like seek out to listen to, and um, it's but it, it's it's goofy, it's fun, and it certainly plays well for that movie. So I, I had to give a little shout out there. Not on my list for consideration at all, however, was Wild Wild West. Oh, come on, Will Smith. <laughs> Sorry to spoil spoil your number one there, Ethan. Dang it! All right, so my number six, uh, I again, I, I said to be on here, it had to like take me to the movie. This one doesn't necessarily do that because this was such an iconic song through my uh, teenage years, and still to this day, um, I can just you know every time it comes on, you just you kind of get lost in the moment, and that is. Uh, from the 1994 film Above the Rim, and that is Regulate, uh, Warren G. and Nate Dogg. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a great song. It's one of those that uh, we, we talked about before. There was a, a stretch there in the mid-90s where uh, rap and hip-hop kind of made its way through suburban America, and this was one of those songs that was a catalyst for that. Um, it was okay to to be the the white kid outside playing this you know on the stereo because it was just such an iconic song that that people didn't look at you funny um but the the movie above the rim with with tupac if you haven't seen it i would recommend going and checking it out but uh yeah i wanted to mention um my number six there regulate um my number five i really wanted to put it in my uh my mount rushmore because I absolutely love the song. The reason I didn't is because I'm, I'm kind of uh, cheating with this one. I've never seen the movie. I I know it's in a movie, um, and I know that that is why this song became insanely popular when it did in 2007. But for me, I like it for the song itself, not because it's on in the movie. And that is um, Falling Slowly by Glenn Hansard, and I believe it's Marquetta... Or Glova, um, but the song is falling slowly. It is the movie Once uh, from 2007, and uh, it's a fantastic song. Uh, I also, for Mike, I know you're a big fan of Eddie Vedder. Um, he he does a version live with Glenn, um, and and it, it's awesome too. But yeah, go check out the song if you haven't. It's it's pretty amazing. But that is my number five, um, and it would have been in my Mount Rushmore if. I had seen the movie and enjoyed the movie. So those were my honorable mentions. All right. Uh, rounding out my honorable mentions, my number six, I feel like there's a chance it's a punt um, because it is from the film that Mike has a poster behind his head uh, hanging in the wall of his basement. It won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. It's Into the West by Annie Lennox from Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Yeah, no punt there, but a, definitely okay. a great song and one that I did consider. Um, I chose to go a little bit of a different direction with my list, um, but great choice there. Go on. Yeah, just just a beautiful song, the way that it's put together and her voice is perfect and how it fits into that film. Um, they've done, Lord of the Rings has done an incredible job across their films. 
of composing music and then some of the songs that they've had written um into or not into the west uh i see fire from the hobbit films was close there for me too i ended up going with this one um mainly because it did win the academy award no three four best original songs so that's my number six then my number five uh finishing off my kenny Loggins uh love fest here in my honorable mentions is the titular song footloose from footloose um comparing that one to danger zone it is higher for me brad are you about to say punt uh no i was <laughs> i was about to say did you choose that word because it had the word tit in it but <laughs> no. i i was trying to decide if i if i should ask you that question or not <laughs> uh no no uh, that's not why i chose that word and the reason i chose this song is just because like we've said when i think of that song it's a fun song it, it's just it, it's just a fun song to have on if you're in if it's summer windows down driving your car uh, it is a song that can live outside of the movie that it's in. You don't have to be watching Footloose uh, to enjoy the song. It's a great song. So it, it just misses out on my Mount Rushmore at number five. All right. Well, we're ready to dive into the Mount Rushmores. Then, yes. Yeah? This is okay. what we what we came here for. So, Mike, what is your number four on your Mount Rushmore? All right. So my number four, this one started off uh, solidly in my... Uh, honorable mentions until my list kind of came together and I realized, you know what, I'm going to move it up there because I, I really enjoyed it. And, and certainly it was a powerful moment in the movie. And, and so this is See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth from the Fast and the Furious movie and the uh, the homage and the uh, in memoriam really to, to Paul Walker after he died. Um, I think that they just, I mean, they nailed the emotion of the cast and crew related to Paul Walker's death in that uh, song. I can't hear that song and not think of Paul Walker and not think of that movie. And so to me, that's a, a really effective um, example of what we're talking about today, a song that was written specifically for a movie and then delivered. Um, it's not my exact style of song necessarily, which is why it's probably at the bottom of this, but I had to give it a shout out because uh, it, it certainly checked all the boxes for this discussion. I can still have a personal vendetta against that song for, you know, I, I went in to see a Fast and Furious movie and wasn't prepared to get emotional. So I'm, I'm still upset <laughs> at just that film as a whole, but that, that is a great choice. Yeah, I actually, um, I know what song you're talking about, but I don't, I don't know that I could tell you what it is if I, if I heard it come on, I'm, I'm not real familiar with it. Um, mostly because the later, uh, fast and furious movies i haven't really um had a chance to get into or develop that type of relationship with to be affected by it but um yeah definitely uh, was while i was researching saw that song on a bunch of lists so i would i would say that's a, a good popular choice you had there mike um my number four is from the 1985 film the breakfast club um and it is simple minds don't you forget about me um, that is, again, it's one of those where when it comes on, I know exactly, um, what I, what I was watching or what I was doing when that song came on. Cause it, it goes right with the breakfast club there and, um, iconic, iconic song. Um, yeah, I guess I don't really know what else to say about it, except it, it checks all the boxes for me as far as, 
quality of song, quality of film, and where it just it takes you back to those moments in that in that movie when you hear it. So Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me is my number four, my Mount Rushmore. So it's harder to punt when we're on Zoom than it was in person. So I was going to have you punt, but it was my number three. And so I, again, kind of agree with everything you said and just to kind of speed us around and not bring it back up. Um, yeah, you. anytime that I hear that song, I think just about the end of that movie and it comes through so vividly. Um, an iconic 80s song, but definitely one that plays well in the movie. Yeah, um, I hate The Breakfast Club, so... Uh, <laughs> it, it didn't make my list but i knew when i was going through stuff i was like well i know for a fact this will be on brad's so it'll get talked about as it does deserve to get talked about because of how iconic it is and i figured there's a 50 50 chance it would make mics too so uh I, I was right on that um my number four is from a film that has to be more iconic in many ways uh than breakfast club and uh, it came out in the same year as My Heart Will Go On. Now, My Heart Will Go On won the Academy Award for Best Original Song. I don't know how this didn't. Uh, and it is How Do I Live Without You by Trisha Yearwood from Con Air. Um, <laughs> I mean, in fairness, perhaps the the, uh, the movie around it might have drug it down. But slightly. I would uh, we talk about rewatchability, Ethan. I would rewatch oh. Con Air a thousand times before I'd rewatch Titanic. Oh, it's not even close. Titanic. I, I mean, I, I jokingly said that I hate Breakfast Club. I'm just kind of indifferent towards those. I, I was going for. I hate Titanic. That is a steaming, or I guess I should say, sinking pile of trash. Like, can't stand the movie. Not a huge fan of the song. This song I love. Now I'm a Trisha Yearwood fan. Um, and this is what I said. So this was originally written. It was written for Con Air. It was recorded at the time by Leanne Rimes. The studio listened to it and they were like, here's the thing. She's 14. It doesn't really fit the movie. Like a 14-year-old singing about this love that they can't live without. And it's a violent R-rated. Can, let's, let's try someone else. They gave it to Trisha Yearwood. If you listen to both versions side by side, I think they absolutely made the correct choice. Um, especially going with a more country feel to the song. Um, when you have someone that is so believably Southern the way that Nick Cage is in this film. Um, and, and I think it, it probably is the best part of the film, really, the song, in terms of just sheer talent that comes out on the screen. I've always what loved a, the song. What about the bunny? Well, right after you put the bunny back in the box, <laughs> you can take your copy of this song out of the box and listen to it again. How to Live Without You is my number four. So... We know Mike's number three. Yep. So back around to you, Brad, so, for your number three. Yep. So my number three might surprise you. Um, it, not because of the uh, lack of quality of song, but mostly by who's singing it. Um, it's not typically the style of song that I would want to talk about here, but it is so iconic. It is so perfect. Um, and it has had more influence on today's music um, than what you would realize. And it is from the 1979 Muppet movie. And it is Kermit the Frog singing Rainbow Connection. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it has to be mentioned on here. I didn't figure that either of you would have it. Um, but it is such a an incredibly well done um, song. And 
Kermit's voice, even though, you know, it's coming through a puppet is perfect for it too. Um, and I've heard many different artists and some podcasts and stuff that I listen to, and they reference this song for having influenced them to be in music and um, the the connections that music can make uh, between people. So, uh, yeah, Kermit the Frog, Rainbow Connection is my number three. Great choice there. My number three uh, is the most recent song on my list, and I would guess probably it'll end up being the most recent song we talk about tonight. It is from the film A Star is Born. It is not the song that won the Academy Award. Shallow is the one that's gotten the most popular, obviously. The the rendition of it that Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga have done has become insanely popular, and it's a karaoke song, and that's great. But the song that I have always thought is Head and Shoulders, the best song from this film, is a song called Always Remember Us This Way. It is performed solely by Lady Gaga. Um, I think that this is, I mean, I know that this is one of my 10 favorite songs ever. Um, I loved it from the time I saw it. I think it tells a beautiful story. Um, I think her performance that she does with it is powerful. Just her on that piano and she's shredding on that piano. She has such an amazing, powerful voice that she can do a lot of different things with. And I think this song breaks out the best parts of her voice so my number three is always remember us this way by lady gaga from the newest version of a star is born or can't can't believe you disrespected bradley cooper like that and left left his part of the movie out of that it had to be a song from him didn't it well it you know he got disrespected enough by not winning best picture, best director and best actor that year. So the fact that they wasted it on uh, the queen biopic was uh, bad enough. So I think you can live <laughs> with my disrespect. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment there. So for my number two, um, I'm coming to a song and uh, Brad earlier mentioned my appreciation and love of Eddie Vedder. And so I am going to delve into his album essentially for into the wild. Um, I enjoy the movie. The album itself is phenomenal for me. It was just a matter of which one I was going to put on here. And I ended up settling on the song society and Brad's given me the double thumbs up. So I know I did it right. Uh, I do love it's Eddie. Better. List, Brad? It, it, no, it's not on my list. Um, honestly, I had kind of forgotten about it. I, I love the song. I don't think it would have made my, my top four. I wasn't sure if my, was your runner up hard sun or. Yeah, that would have been my, would have been my runner up. Uh, would have been hard sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, love better and have loved Pearl jam forever and seeing his work and some of his solo work, the way he wrote uh, this album to just perfectly pair Uh, with the movie i can't hear the songs without thinking of the movie i can't watch the movie without being excited to see when the next you know song is going to come on it it just plays beautifully through it and so uh, just a lot of skill that he has and so that's my number two and who does number two work for mike that's uh that's my business brad and you can uh you can check that reference out in two days when you listen to our other podcast the the threequel on thursday that was all right after that shameless plug um i'm gonna go with my number two um i doubt it's a punt because we don't have many choices left um but it's from the 1995 film dangerous minds and it is gangsta's paradise by coolio um 
the reason I picked this is because it when you see a movie trailer and you hear a song that connects you to that movie, I've never seen a better trailer pairing with a song than this before. Um, it made me want to see this. Uh, it's the reason I went to see it. It did not disappoint. Um, great song, great movie. Um, yeah, so... and. I saw Ethan's eyebrows go up. My number one is also from 1995. So we might have a connection there. But but yeah, uh, Coolio, Gangsta's Paradise. Uh, I am. It's the second rap song that I mentioned. I'm not a big rap fan, um, mostly because I just I can't connect to the music in the way that uh, music's intend to be, intended to be connected to. But me at this age, hearing that song... Um, yeah, it, it, it definitely had a five to ten year run of, of being on my, my replay list over and over and over. Um, love the song. Enjoy the movie. And yeah, it's Coolio, Dangerous Minds. Uh, well, my number one is from 1995, so we, we may hit. Our number ones may be the same, but we'll get to that. My number two is another Academy Award winner uh, for Best Original Song. And when... Even before I looked at anything, I knew what my top two were for this list. And this one is number two. Um, at the time, probably a pretty controversial at the Academy Awards. He wasn't there to accept it. Took him 18 years to come back and perform it live. And definitely doesn't really fit the tone of the Academy per se. But it is Lose Yourself by Eminem for the movie 8 Mile. Um, I mean, this song, it, it encapsulates his story perfectly it's perfect for the film and to this day almost 20 years later when this song comes on if you're an Eminem fan and even if you're not an Eminem fan if if you're just a general fan of music this song comes on it gets your head bobbing you know the beat even if you're not into rap you probably know the chorus of this song um, it, it has lived long past the film itself. Even if you haven't seen the film, you know this one. This has become one of his most popular songs uh, for sure. Maybe his most popular to the just audience at large. Um, and it is it was securely in at my number two, Lose Yourself from Eminem. Yeah, that was another one that uh, I gave some consideration to for my honorable mention. Again, uh, you, you hit it. Strong song and uh, obviously very closely tied in a very personal way for him to that movie. When he came out, so I'll just quick sidebar. When they did, it was the 2020 Academy Awards and they were doing this whole thing about like how important music is to movies. And it is. And they were showing these clips of these iconic songs. The Breakfast Club clip was in there. I think Dangerous Minds, that clip was in there. They were showing all these clips from movies. And I was sitting there watching it and I was like, they have to have a clip from Lose Yourself or from 8 Mile. They have to. And it wasn't in there and the montage got done and I was so mad. I was like, how are they just going to not acknowledge him? Because again, he is not, you know, Hollywood elite. That is not Eminem. And he comes up from underneath the stage and the orchestra starts playing that first beat and he does it the entire thing. I mean, they bleeped it out on live TV, but he didn't pull any punches, did the whole thing. And I lost my freaking mind like that. That was the coolest thing that he came back and did that since he wasn't there to actually accept the award. So uh, definitely big fan of that one and always will be. All right. Well, here we are, our, our number one yes. films. And uh, I'm sure that the listeners right now are wondering if we're going to have a three-way tie here. 
Um, is this from 1995? It's not. It's close. It's close. It's from uh, it's from 1967. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, and I'm I'm going all the way back to to one of uh, my favorite uh, bands growing up. Uh, and I'm going to give the shout out to okay. Mrs. Robinson by yeah. Simon and Garfunkel, another um, movie where the music was written by uh, the artist. And much like with my number two with Society with Eddie Vedder, uh, a lot of good music in there. Um, an iconic movie from its own in its own right, from its own time. But that song in particular encapsulates it uh, every time that it comes on. Uh, even the covers, the more modern covers of it. It has a really good uh, kind of catch to it and uh, gets me singing along every time. And so that's my my number one. That, Where that have you gone, on, Joe DiMaggio? It was on my longer list. It, it, it was in there for consideration. So great choice there. All right. So now's the moment of truth, gentlemen. What is Brad, it, Brad? Just say it. Just say a kiss from, kiss from a rose by Seal. We all know that's what it has to be. Just say it. Is it not that? It's not one of the worst songs of all time that somehow got popular from being in a worse movie. Did, Did you Brad mute yourself again, Brad? <laughs> Dang it. Sorry. I, I had to sneeze, so I muted the microphone and then I forgot. <clears throat> so um, it is Kiss from a Rose. It is not Kiss from a Rose. Uh, <laughs> since you've already uh, pulled back the curtain on yours, why don't you go ahead and talk? No, 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 no. Wrap it's up with not. No, it's not. Oh, so we <laughs> might. Was, we might. Hell no. Clearly, he was clearly just messing with you there, Brad. <laughs> so we might still have a tie. Mine's from Toy Story. What's yours from? Oh, not from Toy Story. So you go ahead. All right, my number one is "You've Got a Friend in Me," uh, Randy Newman, and yeah, it's uh, again. This is one of those that. I, I didn't know that this was going to land at my number one. The song doesn't mean that much to me as far as like, you know, it's not one of those I'm going to listen to driving down the driving down the road or it's not something I'm going to play while I'm in the pool or, you know, doing whatever. Like, it's just not that type of song. But it's one of those. First off, shout out to Randy Newman. Um, he's also made a career of, of doing a lot of songs that show up in, in shows, movies, things like that. He's got that type of uh, sound and voice that uh, lends itself to this sort of thing. And that relationship between um, Buzz and Woody and what this song means in that film. And it just it kind of plays throughout all of the, the Toy Story films. Um, but I think this is kind of a Lifetime Achievement Award for Randy Newman, too, because I, I just I dig a lot of his stuff. Um, so because it's in this movie, because it has been one of the bigger songs in movies, I'm going to have it land at my number one, Randy Newman, you've got a friend in me from toy story. Yeah. When I was making my list and obviously I mean, we've talked about on the old, of course I'm right more Mike and I tend to be the bigger fans of animated film than Brad does. I couldn't narrow down. Like we'll end up probably having to do a Mount Rushmore of like Disney songs. Like there was no way I was going to be able to just somehow make this a fair and balanced list if i did include songs from animated films so that is a great choice i just excluded all of them because there were too many great ones uh and i was wrong my number one is from 1998 uh so movie release dates not my forte um so we weren't even close to having a tie um it is from another nick cage film and in terms of quality of film i probably found a film worse than con air uh but this is I, I will say maybe my favorite song of all time. 
and, and I am not kidding. I mean that. The more I listen to this song over the years, I, I hey. truly love this song. It's from City of Angels, which is a Brandy. Film. Brandy is not in this film. <laughs> no. Uh, it's from City of Angels, a horrific film, but it is Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. Um, yeah. I love this song. I, I mean, more than I can say. And it was one of those things on the old show, you know, we went through the decades and did our Mount Rushmore's songs in each decade. Didn't even come up on my list from the 90s because I, 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 I knew it, but I didn't know it. And it's just been the last couple of years that I just heard it on the radio or something, or I don't remember on a podcast, someone talked about it and went back and listened to it. And now it's just become, like I said, maybe my favorite song of all time. I love the story that it's telling. The story it's telling is far better than the story that the movie it is in is telling. Um, And it, and it does transcend just the film. This is a song kind of, like I said, with a couple of these others, you can listen to it outside of the movie and it can mean something to everyone, to whatever it is that you're chasing, you know, if it, love, your dreams, whatever it is, the story that they're telling in this, there's a beauty to it. There's a pain to it in some ways. Um, and just the song itself just hits every single time I listen to it. So my number one is Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls from City of Angels. That is a great pick. And had it even occurred to me that this was connected with City of Angels, which of course I knew, but that film has been so pushed out of my mind uh this that would have easily made my my top four and it very likely may have been my number one i i actually loki love the the goo goo dolls um i've seen them live in concert uh a number of times my kids will even ask to listen to the goo goo dolls uh when we're driving down the road and this is a great song and honestly how bad city of angels is pushed that film so far from my mind that it couldn't, it wasn't even in competition as I went through there, but great pick Ethan. Oh, it's horrific. Yeah. And I, I, I guess I, I question a little bit cause I, I didn't know that this was written for the film. I knew it was in it. Um, I just thought it was part of the soundtrack. So it, it, they um, wrote it, they wrote it for the soundtrack and the album that it came out on actually didn't come out until I think almost a year after the movie. It, it was a good while. So they, they came to him. They wrote it for this. The music video got huge because there's like clips from the movie in the music video. But that was what I was worried about, too. I knew that it was in it and I knew how much I hated City of Angels. But I did check. They specifically came to them to write that for this film. So, yeah, it's a great song. And I'm jealous of Mike. Uh, I mean, I'm not the Goo Goo Dolls um, whole discography, I guess. You know, I'm not. Uh, necessarily a big fan of the whole band and all of their work. But if I saw them perform Iris live, I can promise you I'd cry my eyes out. I know that for a fact like that. That is, I am jealous of Mike for that. And if we ever do an animated uh, version of this list, they may have my number one there too, but that, that would be a list for a different day. Uh, That was our Mount Rushmore's of songs written for film. And that is us coming back with, of course I'm right, 2.0. Uh, I, I know I can speak for Mike and Brad when I say we're glad to be back. We hope you enjoyed this. We will be back every Tuesday with new Mount Rushmores, with different discussions on different topics. Maybe, I'm sure we'll play some games, do the whole nine yards. We are back to just bring you that same level of entertainment that we did a couple years ago, and uh, we're, we're going to do it the best we can until we can say, of course, one or maybe all of us were right and that 
I think that's that's a great comeback episode, guys. You, you had me at hello. <laughs> well, you guys complete me. So uh, that will do it for this week's episode of Of Course I'm Right. Again, leave a comment, leave a review, do whatever you have to do. Just engage with us. We love knowing that you guys are here listening to the show. Other than that... Well, one more one more thing, a little challenge for our listeners. If they notice the one section where you combine the words just and jizz into one word, um, I think that they should make a comment of, yeah, that, that they, they noticed it. Little, little, you know, hands up or something, because I, I can't believe I'm the only one that noticed that you combine those two words, and I'm glad I made well, you choke on your water. I was going to say, now you're choking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, uh, this is definitely, of course, I'm right 2.0. Um, that is not something that would have flown on the old show, but here we are, guys. We are evolved. We are uh, new again. I'll end it before Brad makes me splooge any more water anywhere. Uh, <laughs> for Mike, for Brad, I'm Ethan, and we'll see you next time. Oh, God. Got to get a towel to this up. <laughs> <laughs>